Thank you very much for um, having me here to the DIJ and you know, for being my host for a fortnight, Daniel, for setting up this interesting panel and for um, Kirano Sensei for joining me for a presentation on a topic that certainly is not at the core of my expertise, given that I'm a scholar working on contemporary Japan. But um, as Daniel said, I have a his track history going back in into fields like mountain climbing, alpinism in Japan. And I myself uh, would also add you know, to the functions of sport. Daniel mentioned that uh, it's all about fun. Yeah? Therefore, um, enjoying the fun of climbing, mountain biking, uh, back, backdoor skiing, uh, I think I, I have a lot of exposure to what the topic should be, uh, what the topic is, and what the discussion eventually should yield. So let me see if I get that done. That this presentation here comes to the forefront. And should start here. So mountain biking and forest usage conflicts in Austria. Um, let me first start with a number of basics. You know, as a researcher on sport in Japan, working with the international community of sports sociologists, I was used first to start most of my presentations, at least initially, telling my audience, my audience about Japan. So a little bit of background information on Austria might be also appropriate at this occasion, uh, even though I'm pretty sure that a great number of you has been in Austria or at least close to the country. So let me start <laughs> with a disclaimer. <laughs> no kangaroos in Austria. We are not talking about Australia. We are talking about another country that once was a huge empire uh, in which the sun was said never to set, stretching from uh, Mexico to um, all over Europe. But these days, uh, uh, kind of reduced to this um, shape of a schnitzel, yeah, the, the Austrian uh, national dish. The tonkatsu now would look like that. And uh, it's a country with the area size which is about the size of Scotland, if you're from, the, from Europe or if you're more familiar with the American territory like South Carolina or uh, Tasmania if you are from Australia. Or it has half the size of Jiangxi if you're a China scholar or for those more familiar with the topography of Japan, it's twice the size of Kyushu. It's uh, in Central Europe bordering on countries, no, uh, a number of countries, Germany, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary, Slovenia, Italy in the south, Switzerland and Liechtenstein in the far west. So uh, you see from the topography, oh, let's first start about the people that are living in this country, the population size of, um, well, it's increasing. Uh, about 8.7 million is the current stats. When I moved to live in Austria 
25 years ago, it was just slightly over 7 million. So due to the huge migration processes set into motion after the Balkan Wars, um, the population in Austria has been increasing. Not everywhere, but particularly in the place in which I'm living here at the Far East in Vienna. So it's predominantly mountainous. The entire country in them is like Japan to more than two-thirds, consists of mountains, of steep slopes. The highest point in the country is the Grossglockler, quite similar in, in altitude as the uh, Mount Fuji. But again, you see there is a much higher concentration of mountainous areas in the west than in the east or south, southeastern part, and particularly in the far east. Forests cover about 40%, uh, well, about half of the <coughs> land area, which means that about half a hectare of forest is there for each and every inhabitant in the country. And something that also probably comes as no surprise when you have, remember the, the political map, the coastline is exactly zero kilometer. It's a landlocked area. Now, let's uh, look at cycling as a uh, market and as an activity. This stat shows you the annual sales have been hovering above, uh, well, uh, at a number of about 400,000 bike sales per year for the past 20 years. So to a certain degree it's a saturated market that peaked out in the late 2000s but still shows the same kind of dynamics as uh, 10 years before or 10 years after. In terms of the market segments, Probably most important and most of interest for us is the number for mountain bikes for the years 2016 and 2017. About 133,000 units have been shipped. So this is the most popular bike, bicycle variant among Austrians with every third Austrian possessing one. Well, statistically, probably there is a number of people like Daniel that have a huge array cycling, bicycles, so a number of people might actually have more than just one. Um, and a very, grow, very strong growth market is e-bikes that have entered the uh, stat statistics only three years ago. This is uh, the pedelecs or the e-bikes are showing the strongest growth dynamics among all segments of the cycling market segment. And this is particularly strong for off-road segment, which showed from 2015 to 2016 an 80% increase. So e-mountain bikes is the really high new thing out there in the mountains. So who's riding mountain bikes? Every third Austrian by um, definition but there's a difference between what people are doing with their mountain bike. No? People like me, for example, I'm using the mountain bike most of all no, for, simply for commuting. It's a 10k ride no, from the suburbs to the center of town. No? And I do like having well, a strong, sturdy bike no, uh, for well, surviving among the automobilists in car-friendly Vienna. 
But there are people that are using the mountain bike mainly or predominantly for sport purposes. And this is about 7% of the Austrians, they say that they regularly go mountain biking. But even among those 7% of all Austrians, again, a very small number is actively involved in high-level sports that is uh, characterized by using single trails or nature trails in the forest and mountains. The main motives, according to an online survey, is exposure to nature, to enjoy being out there, seeing the landscape, then uh, doing sports, exercise, doing something for one's wellness, fitness, cardio training, the fun, enjoyment and recreation, then would be the third segment of reason why people uh, say they actively engage in mountain biking. So then there is also the number of mountain bikers or users that are not Austrians but come for the purpose of biking in the Austrian. Uh, most of them are male. The average age is uh, about 40 years. And the main motive for selecting mountain biking in Austria for their holidays are, well, being in the mountains and besides mountain biking, also engaging in other outdoor activities, first of all, hiking according to the Austrian National Tourist Organization. So in terms of infrastructure, there are nearly 26,400 kilometers of publicly designated mountain biking, biking routes that can be legally accessed and used. However, the majority of the, this huge network, no, uh, well, linking Japan with Austria back and forwards no, would consist of paved roads. And the amount, well, and still is only 10, well, depending on the, the sources, would still only be 10 to 20 percent of the 120,000 kilometer of uh, designated forest roads. And only this small amount is actually accessible for mountain bikers. And the number of single trails is less than 1% of the entire network of mountain bike routes within Austria. And there is a significant difference in the way how uh, you find or how e expansive, how large the network of mountain biking routes is from west to eastern Austria, there is a gradient with decreasing uh, amount of routes and services and related infrastructure available to mountain bikers. Hmm? So the small numbers or the, 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 um, show that in the far west Tyrol there is the largest network available, but even there within the core area of mountainous Austria, the amount of single trail lines would be just something like 3% of the entire network. Sorry, just a question. Can you explain what, what a single trail is? Maybe not all are familiar with that term. Well, single trails, well, maybe you have a kind of technical definition, but eventually these are forest paths, very narrow, on natural ground. So.
Well, the Austrian government is acknowledging the interest in various kind of cycling sports for the Austrian uh, tourism industry as well as for the regional tourism uh, industry and the regional economy. You like it, bike it. That's the slogan under which the Austrian government of environment introduced a campaign to promote cycling on roads as well as in the mountains and all kind of segments in between uh, as long as the routes are in Austria. Um, mountain biking or the biking tourism actually still only is a small segment of the entire tourism industry. Mountain sports in Austria is, uh, has been and keeps on being dominated by winter sport, which yields higher returns on investments and the largest um, income source for tourism industry in the mountainous areas. But uh, there is already a 4% share of summer tourism in Austria that is exclusively gained from mountain biking provided by some 400,000 mountain bike visitors that stay uh, an average of seven nights in the regions and have an average daily expenditure of 165 euro. Significantly lower what the average daily expenditure would be for winter skiing, that is more than 200 euros, but uh, the, there's a growth trend behind the numbers. As we have seen on the, mark, in, in the, on the map before, there is a west-east gradient and some regions have quite early on settled on developing tourism programs for mountain bikers and for uh, other kind of cycling tourists. So the region uh, well, closing on to southern Germany, the Salzburger Land uh, is these days um, gaining 20% of the entire mountain biking market. And in Salzburgerland, mountain biking itself gains 10% of the entire tourism income, and the region of Saalbach Hintergelem even gains 20% of its entire income from tourism through banking on mountain biking. And I will introduce you to the home of Lessig, well, Lessig, means in German something like cool, it's uh, or as well as uh, well relaxed, relaxed yeah. also leibend, well that's not German, <laughs> that's not English, <laughs> Austrian, so it's a kind of uh, an attitude that you express no? by being Lessig or by being at home in the home of Lessig. The leading mountain bike region in Austria for many years is in an area that also has developed its own, um, well, its first step in the industry, in the tourism industry, by banking on winter sports. But because of global warming, the higher investment that are needed every day for artificial snowmaking, by the shortening of the skiing season, there are ample incentives for the regions to think about how to make use, how to gain profits no, from the resources uh, around them. So by now, the uh, 
region Saalbach, Leongang, two neighboring uh, regional <coughs> municipalities have a route ne network with over 400 kilometers of bike trails for all levels of difficulty. These, this network is easily to explore due to marked uh, signposts, no? identifying routes, directions, and also with the help of interactive bike maps that make it easy to find your way along the routes through the mountains. There are convenient transport services, particularly for uphill uh, gondola lifts and bus service to transport the tired um, cyclists um, back to their accommodation. Um, with e-mountain biking also being a growth segment in the area, most, um, well, roadway stations and even the mountain huts up in the Alps, they are already providing a charging system for all conventional industrial standards. And to promote the sport in the region, uh, the home of Lessig is also organizing sport events that are aiming at professionals as well as amateur riders like the Taurista or the Big Five Bike Challenge ne, in which amateur riders are encouraged to connect five um, mountain peaks uh, that in, are in the region. Another example would be the uh, Bike Republic Solden from Tirol, a rookie, a very new project that only was opened as an ambitious and innovative concept in 2015. So the Bike Republic Solden banks on experiential tourism, so it's selling something more than just landscape and fun recreation, but also a particular experience that you can only gain by being a citizen of the Republic. And as a citizen, you can enjoy an ever-expanding network, which consists by 2018 of 850 kilometers going throughout the entire Edstal region and leading mountain bikers up to an altitude of over 2,600 meters. And the network also includes enduro trails, nature trails, uh, 42 built tracks, including 12 shaped lines, two pump track valleys, two pump tracks in the valley, flow trails that are more banking again on experience, not too steep, but long lines of up to seven kilometers are also something that you um, find in the bike republic. There are 11 rental stations for people that don't come with their own bikes and there are also schools, seminars and catering towards the needs for people that are well, beginners or that want to uh, hone their skills in downhill skiing or any other, uh, downhill uh, biking or any other variant. Six ropeways throughout the region are free to use for everyone who is a passport holder of the uh, Bike Republic Seldon. Marked routes, 3D bike maps, this is the new tourism standard, of course, also to be found in the area as well as the convenient transport service with lifts, bus transportation, parking services for people that stay overnight. And also events, uh, a bike opening at the start of the season when the snow uh, largely has melted, single trail, paper chase, or trail master challenges also are part of what you can participate at the 
bike republic zone so everything fine with the expanding network and expanding services and expanding opportunities no unfortunately not there are a number of problems and conflicts that have something to do with the concentration of uh, users and of various users in various reasons and the legal conditions that are needed to determine access rights responsibilities they vary between the regions the Austrian Forest Act from 1975 or since 1975 grants free access to forests for recreational purposes but it also stipulates a general ban on vehicles and bicycles riding on forest roads so if you want to ride in a forest on a road or a path that requires the explicit approval of the person that is in charge of managing the road and maintaining the forest which not necessarily must be one and the same person and if you want to bike off trail in the forest not on the roads no, then you need the approval of the landowner and if you have a network of trails connecting off trail as well as roads no, then the number of stakeholders that have to be asked for their approval is already uh, increasing to a substantial number so contracts are needed in order for those people that establish networks need to guarantee that the network can be used also in the following years as well as uh, what are the obligations uh, for the owners or for the forest management other laws would include the hunting laws that allow seasonal closure of roads or of entire areas uh, the property and liability rights no, that are kind of sitting in intersection between private economic interest and uh, official responsibilities and liability issues and environmental protection laws, water protection law, agricultural field protection law, national park law, alpine convention. These are all laws that have to be taken into consideration when something like a trail park or a network of mountain biking routes are to be open. Another, another issue is uh, well, that the diversity of stakeholders makes it extremely difficult to get all people on track. Bikers, landowners, the forest management, hunters, the municipal administration, conservationists uh, are, well, have their own say, their own interests. But there are the most often um, quoted conflicts occur actually in the field of recreational mountain use between hikers and uh, mountain bikers or among mountain bikers themselves mm, due to the well the scarcity of space no more to the high concentration in the same spot problems are especially likely to arise in areas where <coughs> land use pressure and demand for forest recreation are high so that it's close to the metropolitan areas mm. So generally problems are less often caused by the um, one-time visitors or by the tourists but more often than not by local writers, writers who are more frequently in the areas and who also um, occasionally will open alternative trails, illegal trails or explore uncharted terrains. 
Mountain bikers don't have a voice. They are a minority. They lack a powerful lobby. What comes probably most closely to be a powerful lobby would be the um, Austrian National Mountaineering Associations, the Alpine Sport Associations. But they speak out for, again, for multiple interests. So both of the large um, national associations have come forward with demands for universal right-of-way on forest roads, but they excluded explicitly forest paths since they wanted to exclude the risk that this would be detrimental to the interest of hikers and uh, walkers in the forest, which again leaves out the issue of what ambitious mountain bikers most clearly desire more single trails. So the business of uh, well making money out of being a landowner is another issue. No? The property in Japan is uh, probably very similarly spread. Most of the area is in the hand, uh, well, small units no? are owned by a large number of private actors. About 140,000 families are owning four-fifths of the uh, Austrian forest and about one-fifth is managed by the National Forest Holding and other public entities. The rentability for owners is quite often questionable. Mm -hmm. Tourism boards, public bodies, you know, they usually provide compensation payments to landowners, but who at the same time might also be uh, earning more money from leases to hunters or to for leaving the area to the forest management. The management of the forest road and path is subject to the contract, well, subject to the contract, remains the same with the same person as before. So whoever has been in charge you know, of maintaining the roads you know, also will follow to build and maintain the infrastructure necessary for safe usage. Uh, but uh, both the maintenance of the forest and the maintenance of the forest road is much easier to achieve if you don't have to take into account the interests of the mountain bikers or uh, their, sheer, their, their sheer presence. There are also ecological concerns about the deterioration of the soil, the negative impact on alpine plants, forests and on wildlife that is quite often quoted why particularly hunters are which have a strong political lobby, are uh, often seen in conflict with mountain biking. There's also an increasing demand for short-term access rather than long-term tourism. People want to access the forest for mountain biking well early in the morning, late in the evening after work. But those uh, who come after work, those who are local riders, they don't bring no fresh money into the region. And e-mountain biking is also causing a number of new problems. Just imagine that the uh, facilitation of riding uphill no, brings a whole new group of people into the region. It concentrates the problems. And those people then in the region, in the mountains, they also can easily expand the routes they are cycling no, so that whatever one region is putting into the infrastructure is in the long run, then maybe benefiting the neighboring municipality, uh, the so-called free rider problem. There is a number of new uh, solutions, 
pay-for-ride systems that are trying to change the mindset of those people that so far have thought, well, it's um, free to go mountain biking, mm, establishing, for example, very close to the center of Vienna, at the trail center, Hohe Wandwiese, um, a trail park with a ropeway, a network with uh, trails and lines on private poverty, and people are encouraged to pay for, for uh, using this. Well, rather small amount of money, but it's a first step. So then there is a private association, the Wienerwald Trails, that have been in business for 20 years, and, to main, and the uh, new association wants to continue to build up on the legacy of 1,000 kilometers of mountain bike uh, routes uh, that span across territories that belong to the city of Vienna and some neighboring municipalities and the Biosphere Park Wiener Walls. So they have 20 years of experience with multi-stakeholder alliances, with fair ride rules, code of conduct, and conflict management. In terms of what the future will bring, it is very likely to state that uh, e-mountain biking is going to change the game as much as climate change. Hmm? If you think there is, uh, well, well, this is the most promising op option for tourist destinations to shift their income strategy from winter towards summer sport business. What we already see to some degree, there is a lurking danger that the tourism business in the region will repeat the same mistakes they have been doing when expanding the ski uh, business, growing too fast, excessively, uh, not taking into consideration natural protection or sustainable tourism. But this requires contractual guarantees, environmental ethics, and new business models and ideas that we see, like the aforementioned pay-for-ride system, new transportation supports, repair and rental shops, mountain bike schools, guided tours by locals on the high-end segment of the business. So what often started as a DIY uh, initiative, bottom-up and gradually is going to formalize and yield new business opportunities for shapers, builders, and developers in the mountains. A change of the Forest Act, as demanded by the Alpine Association, is not desired by the mountain bikers. It's not needed because the universal right of way certainly would shift attention away from what is most the most pressing issue, the, the demand for natural trails. So what rather is needed is an expansion of the natural single trail networks and strict user control in order to separate hikers from bikers and a grading system that also um, well, separates the unexperienced mountain bikers from the more um, professional uh, bikers. So comprehensive stakeholder alliances are needed at all stages and one good example for that would be the Mountain Bike Congress, a semi-annual platform for showcasing, developing new models, new ideas for mountain biking tourism since 2015. It's an opportunity for networking, for regional tourism manager, for regional uh, industries that create awareness, eventually also lead to the empowerment of mountain bike community and give them the voice 
they do need. So with that, I'm closing and say thank you for your interest. Thank you very much for uh, venturing out of your uh, uh, traditional uh, territory of East Asia and introducing us to your home trails in Austria. And now I would like to ask uh, uh, Yuichiro Hirano to uh, follow up with a talk on uh, trail views and mountain biking in Japan. Well, Daniel-san, thank you very much for your your uh, introduction and uh, I'm very happy to be here and to speak uh, about the development and challenges of recreational sports in forests in Japan. And listening to the Wolfram-san's uh, presentation about the mountain biking in Austria, I uh, reconfirmed that uh, the development level uh, of mountain biking in Austria is highly exceeded rather than here in Japan. Uh, and uh, today I'd like to, uh, through my presentation, I'd like to uh, explain why uh, this kind of difference would be happening in both countries. And uh, as Daniel-san introduced before, that I'm now working at the Department of Forest Policy and Economics in Forestry and Forest Product Research Institute in Japan. And also I have a second position in University of Tsukuba. And uh, that university recently created uh, new programs uh, for mountain science, mountain sciences. And uh, uh, Professor Kureha, uh, who, is, uh, who is working at that program right now with me, so uh, I'm sure that here in Japan, uh, in certain uh, sectors like education or government uh, sectors, they uh, gradually increased the interest on use, utilizing mountain areas uh, in terms of uh, tourism or the other purposes. So um, from 1990 to 2000, uh, the recreational use of forests in Japan has been diversified. Um, the hiking or winter sports such as skiing and snowboarding or golf and, uh, and maybe uh, someone has already heard the word of forest bath or forest therapy, uh, which is walking through the forest and got relaxed and uh, recreate themselves. These types of activity were traditionally preferred here in Japan. But from that period, uh, recreational sports such as mountain biking, uh, trail running, survival games, or some adventure parks uh, became famous here in Japan. And many footpaths and long trail projects uh, are also started in the same time. And all of these new activities, I was marked as a green in this figure, uh, was actually coming from the overseas, such as Europe, uh, the United States or European countries. And I have been conducting interview research uh, 
to these new users and owners and managers whose forests are target by, targeted by these new users to know the impacts, possibilities, and problems of their activities on forests and surrounding local societies. And today, uh, I would like to pick up two activities, uh, mountain biking and trail running, to introduce what the impact and challenges of these new recreational uses of forest in Japan. And throughout the research, I confirmed that mountain bikers and trail runners in Japan uh, faced severe conflicts with traditional users such as hikers and conservationists or forest owners and forest trail managers according to their uh, increase. Since those other stakeholders concerned about the, deg the degradation of forests and trails and the danger of building liability for the accidents caused by bikers or runners. And reflect, re reflecting these conflicts, some managing authorities like Tokyo Metropolitan or the Ministry of Environment uh, have already uh, issued administrative notice or some rules to announce the use of bikers runners should be restricted at specific forest trails close to the large city and some trails in famous national parks. And many forest owners has been placing the signs to exclude mountain biking and trail running in their forests. And I understand that these conflicts among multiple recreational users and landowners and some confines on mountain bikings has been happened and observed in other countries uh, such as in the United States or some European countries. But one characteristic result of the conflicts here in Japan is that some bikers and runners started the project to help the local society, especially in mountainous area, which has attractive forest and trails for them. Bikers and runners often visit to the project areas, and some leaders of the projects even moved, uh, moved from cities and lived in mountain villages to contribute to local development. And in return, they have succeeded in getting approval for their use of forest and trails from local communities and authorities who actually own or manage the places. To show why they chose this strategy and how the success was brought about, I'm doing deeper case studies on these projects, interviewing the leaders of bikers and runners and the local peoples they cooperated with. And so far I have done eight case studies for mountain bikers projects, which is uh, showed in this map. And also executed 13 uh, case studies for trail runners project, uh, which location was showed in this map.
And that's the result of that research. I confirmed uh, every project leaders shared the sense of crisis. The bikers and runners might be isolated from society as a result of the conflicts. So they set the, the aim of the project to secure and maintain the location for their enjoyment. It is interesting to see that the, some bikers, uh, that some bikers project has been developed in two styles. Uh, one is uh, organizing bikers as association or their local groups. And the other is holding some local business by managing trails or parks and hosting uh, bike uh, guided, to, guided tours for bikers. And runners projects also have two major styles. The one is uh, building up local runners association or local runners clubs. And the other is based on hosting trail running races. And this slide shows the contribution of their projects to the local society. I'm very sorry to uh, uh, make the letter small, very small, and so it is very hard to uh, see. Because, but, but I divided this contribution into four categories. Uh, TM uh, is uh, meaning the forest trail maintenance by themselves, I mean bikers and runners, for multiple and sustainable use. And EE is creating positive and remarkable economic effects on local society. And VW uh, means volunteer works to support local community and the environment, such as cleaning the roads or some agricultural activities or traditional festivals and forest management. And DE is meaning uh, direct engagement in managing local society through setting, settling down or having some authorized position in project areas. And the result shows that uh, self-maintenance of trails, TM, <coughs> for multiple and sustainable use is like the common standards on bikers' projects and also become popular in some runners' projects. And economic effects and direct engagement are relatively common in runners' projects because they are based on the race events with hundreds of or thousands of visiting runners and local runners working at local public entities often take part in the, these projects. But the economic effects are also observed in every local business style uh, bikers projects, such as holding guided tour for bikers. And volunteer works to help the local community are more often shown in bikers' projects rather than runners' projects. So now these are the scenes 
for bikers projects and they maintain these type of trails in mountain area by themselves and through the contribution to and approval from local people and here they are asking to the local people uh, what bikers can help them and as you can see in that picture that the bikers are relatively young and physical so they can replace the jobs of aged people in local communities in Japan and these are scenes of trail running race of uh, one case study area in Kyushu Island the runners organizing this event succeeded in collaborating with local society such as uh, religious bodies and community residents and the children living in that community and trails are maintained by runners and hikers and creating certain economic impacts with hundreds of participants in every year it becomes just like local annual festival as a result of the cooperation with local society and as you can see here that the young bikers and runners are maintaining the forest trails for multiple and sustainable use and volunteering to help local communities for uh, example cleaning up or engaging in some agricultural activities or helping local festivals and helping the forest management and in return of these uh, works and project activities they actually got some trust of local people then here in community association over there they got approval of using forest trails which the local community once used and managed so I would like to put together the analysis one obvious reason why bikers and runners in Japan commit to local development is that their projects are good match with and welcomed by local society in mountainous area as you could see in the former pictures as a result of urbanization and low birth rate and an aging population the decline of forestry industry Japanese mountainous areas are now facing manpower shortage and uh, underuse of their resource inc including forest and trails that's why bikers and runners projects to maintain and revitalize local societies become meaningful for them in local society and and here is also the hidden reason why bikers and runners go to local society not to central government to legitimate their recreational benefit is that the Japan does not have any clear rights and responsibilities for using forest trails we don't have any uh, rights 
any rights of public access in Germany and Austria. And we don't have any rights of way in England and Wales. And we don't have everyone's rights in North European countries. And those rights are very clear for public to secure the public access and use of forest and trails. And it also these are also including who can use and who can't use uh, or what can what you can do or you can't do uh, in the trails or spaces. But here in Japan, we do not have that type of legal uh, that type of le legal uh, institutional system. And everybody, even managing authority of local residents, cannot cl clearly identify the categories of trails, who's owned and who's actually managing. And sometimes they don't know who actually has a responsibility or liability of managing trails. And because of the underuse in mountainous areas, many forest trails are disappearing or not reflected, even though they are not reflected in the public maps. So everything is like vague and gray for new recreational users when they would like to use forest trails or react to the conflicts in Japan. It seems that because of that reason, they gave up to rely on existing legal institutional system and think that it is more tangible, rational, to develop direct relationship with the local society to secure their benefits. And these answers of the project leaders to the question, what are the challenges of the projects, are actually shedding light on the problems caused by this obscure legal systems on forest trails. I must say it is very hard work to earn and keep the trust and approval of local societies one by one. And forest owners and trail managers become very passive to let them use and manage trails because the liability is unclear. And there is no guarantee for recreational users to manage and use the trail for a long time because there is no certain legal rights here in Japan. And all of these fears can be eased if clear legal system to coordinate multiple use and clarify users' rights and managing responsibilities of trail is settled. For this purpose, I think legislative advocacy and negoci negotiation by recreational users will be needed right now here in Japan. And uh, in this part, I guess uh, Wolfram Sun's presentation, uh, I found the same part because in Austria uh, it is hardly to see uh, like a recreational users group to make some advocacy. And I suppose this is the key to authorize and develop 
these projects and activities of recreational users in forests here in Japan. And actually, some leaders and uh, leaders of bikers and runners also aware of this necessity and start to political lobbying to secure their benefit in national level. I'm now planning to observe how to impact, uh, how the impact and the outcome of their effort will be. And at last, uh, I would like to move to some points of discussion. And this figure actually uh, showing the difference of the characteristics of the conflict resolution bound by mountain bikers and trail runners here in Japan. Uh, and this type of uh, conflict resolution in overseas countries. From the viewpoint of forest management and landowners, uh, forest management and uh, forest ownership, uh, it is very important to consider this type of balance. Here in the here on the uh, right plate, there are merits for forest owners and trail managers, which is include trail and forest maintenance, economic eff effects, and volunteer works for local development. And on the left side of the plate, uh, I put the risks for forest owners and trail managers, uh, which is including users' conflicts and complaints liability issues for security or possibility of land degradation. I mean, if these merits for forest owners and trail managers to open up recreational users, their forest and trails, these merits are heavier than the risks for, for them. It is very easy for the forest owners and trail managers to open their lands and trails to the recreational users and let them use, because they do have a, uh, they do have this type of merits. But if the risks they recognize the risks are heavier than merits, then the forest owners and uh, trail managers will prohibit recreational users to let them use or manage the trails in forest. And I must say that as I presented today, uh, the mountain bikers and trail runners project here in Japan are concentrating to make these merits heavier because they are engaging uh, to help the local society throughout their project. But I'm now starting at, uh, I'm now starting uh, several, in several countries uh, to make some com comparative research on this point. And I gradually found that uh, maybe in abroad, to make the risk lighter, that type of, uh, that type of activity and strategy is more common. So uh, I do think there is a huge difference of 
how to secure the forest and trails by regulation of indices between Japan and the other countries. And in the United States, they do have certain strong users uh, For example, International Mountain Bicycling Association is a, a kind of a mountain bikers uh, group. And uh, they do have a, a head, they have a headquarters who uh, can lobby to the federal, to, to the federal level. And they also have uh, many uh, branches who engage in, uh, in conflict resolution in local level. And uh, because of, based on this user's group's advocacy, they succeeded. Uh, to reflect their benefit on certain related laws and contracts uh, with landowners. So they uh, got some uh, legal permission or legal rights for uh, their land trail uses and also uh, designed by these laws uh, the liability is became clear in United States. And here in United Kingdom uh, they have uh, traditional strong uh, rights for recreational access, which is called the rights of way. And here in the United Kingdom, mountain bikers' benefits are actually adopting uh, these rights of ways and secured in certain categories of the trails in the UK. And here in New Zealand, maybe everyone knows that uh, in New Zealand, uh, uh, outdoor recreation and tourism uh, have already become major industry. So uh, that's why their governments uh, strongly supported uh, both mountain bikers and uh, other users, trade users. So they, uh, their, their governments uh, initiate certain laws and circumstances which is uh, very easier for mountain bikers to use the forest and trails. But here in Japan, uh, we don't have this certain institutional basis. And just uh, only some local groups uh, relied on local societies throughout their contribution to the local development. So I must say, uh, here in Japan, these types of contribution to local society is necessary for new users to secure their benefit. But if we are going to make these new use developed develop more, I, I think we need to settle in certain institutional systems, which is uh, focusing on uh, legal permission or legal rights for land and trail uses for in multiple parts. And also make it clear for the liability for security. Who actually have responsibility to manage the trail? And who got some who is liable in some in some level if some accidents or troubles happened in multiple use of trails and forests. So uh, 
tentatively, I, I'm concluding uh, myself uh, as like that for this uh, comparative research. So, uh, but uh, today I heard uh, the presentation uh, by Wolfram San about Austria, about Austria, the situation in Austria. I found there are uh, so many points, so many other points that we have to discuss and make it clear what's the key, what is the key to develop this new recreational use in forests. Thank you very much.